Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll enjoy. Well, glory to God. Good morning, church. Somebody help me. Say good morning, Brother Scotty. Come on. Amen. Amen. Well, let me ask you this. Are you glad to be here this morning? Has God been faithful to you this week? How many of you know he's going to be faithful to you in this week coming up too? Can you say amen? Thank you, Jesus. That's the God that we serve, the God that we love, the God that loves us, the God that we have worshiped already today, and uh, the God that is moving in our hearts and in our lives. Glory to God. It's so good to see you in the house today. We love and appreciate each and every one of you. We are a family here. I said we are a family here. And uh, boy, I tell you what, it's nothing like having people around you that love you, pray for you, uh, intercede for you, hug you, uh, rejoice with you, cry with you, do everything that, you know, whatever life brings that they're there for you. And I can certainly tell you we've come through a week that we've experienced that. We've experienced the love of the Father, but we've experienced the love of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. And we're so grateful for that. Glory be to God. Well, I tell you, uh, let me kind of set the table today a little bit for, for what I'm, I'm believing for now in, in the end of the year, because I know some of you weren't able to be here last Sunday. And if you haven't heard my message, here's what we're doing. We are setting ourselves uh, for October, end of October, November, December to finish this year strong, especially in the area of corporate praise and worship. And we're being intentional about it, very intentional about it. And so when I, you know, uh, when I'm through teaching here in in a few moments, don't think the service is over because what we're going to do is we're going to come back and we're going to worship again corporately. And what we're doing is we are making a declaration. This is what I feel like the Holy Spirit showed me. We're making a declaration that in this house, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. This is your ground. This is holy ground. You set the atmosphere, you determine the protocol, and we're intentionally saying we're going to worship you, we're going to praise you, and we're going to honor you in this house, especially for the last two and a half months of 2018. Can I get an affirmation? So I invite you to stay as we publicly do that, as we publicly decree it and declare it, because I just feel like there's so many things that God wants to do and is still desiring to do. We've seen a lot of great things happen, but we're just scratching the surface. And I believe there's going to be even greater manifestations of the presence of God in miracles and healings and all the things that need to happen in our lives. As we do this, I think the other things are going to take care of themselves. Can I get an amen in this house today? So today I want to talk to you as we really kind of continue last week, but today I want to talk to you about in every season. You know, we finally had a season change this morning. I actually thought it was going to be perpetual summer, but we've actually had a season change. And, uh, you know, but I, I know this. There's something that God wants to show us and there's a way for us to respond in every season of life that I believe is, is powerful and life-changing. And we have set our, listen, here's what I'm saying. We have set our course as a body of believers to finish 2018 strong in praise and worship. I wish you would say with me, strong, strong. 
in praise and worship. In fact, I tell you what, let's make this declaration out loud. Would you say this after me? In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. By, the power of the blood, by the power of the blood, shed on the cross, shed on the cross. by the authority of the scriptures, the of the scriptures. I, declare. I declare, let's make it stronger. Say, I decree, I decree. and I declare, I declare. that yes. the rest of this year, rest of year. will be filled we'll with an increased awareness of God's presence, a new level of passion for my God in worship, personally and corporately, and increase in love for my God and others. And I declare in faith, my soul will follow hard after you, Lord. Now, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, let's go. In fact, I tell you, I declare, I declare and I decree in this house, we're going. We already started. It's already here. We're not waiting any longer. And I don't know what anybody else is doing in their house this morning. I don't know what everybody else is doing out there. There's a lot of great things happening in a lot of places. But I do know this in my heart and in my life. As for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. We will worship the Lord. We will praise the Lord. We will welcome His presence. Amen. You know, and worship for the believer is such an an important aspect of our lives and and our relationship to God. But here's what I want each of us to get a hold of. We become aware of that sometimes on a a personal level, you know, well, I'm supposed to worship God. But let let me just challenge you as a church, as a body of believers. As a people who love this house, who give, who worship God in their giving, uh, as Robbie said already, we're so thankful and so blessed by you. We're so honored by you. But listen to this and, and focus with me for just a moment on something. First of all, it's important. And I know we all have things that are going on in our lives. Your lives are so different from mine and my family and, and, and the opportunities and the choices that you have, especially for weekends and stuff. But listen, when you can be here, it's important to be here. And I realize there's all kinds of things going on and I want you to enjoy life. I'm not saying, you know, I'm chicken roll and, uh, you know, and that we used to give out pens. How many of you remember we used to give out perfect attendance pens? And we wore them proudly. That's not what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying. here's Here's what I'm trying to convey to you. Each person in the congregation is an atmosphere setter. You ever walk in a place, in a room, (laughs) and it's like, ooh, something happened before I got here. The words are still filling the room. The attitude is abounding. Well, if it works that way in the negative, guess what? what? It's even greater than that. God is always greater, and and the positive aspects of this are always greater than the negative. Each person is in, in the congregation is an atmosphere setter, listen, and is critical to the atmosphere of the church service. So you play a part. I want you to say with me, I play a part. Now, here's something I want to I release, and it's so powerful, and I, I want each of us to think about this. Jesus died for us in public 
We shouldn't just worship him in private. I think I better say that again. Jesus died for us publicly. We shouldn't just worship him privately. Jesus hung on that cross in the open. He was mocked, ridiculed, forsaken. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was forsaken so that we would never be forsaken. Jesus publicly paid the price for us because he loves us. He cares for us. He made the ultimate sacrifice. He died for us in public. We shouldn't just worship him in private. And here's the truth. The fountain of worship rises out of a group of believers who are experiencing, watch this, and responding to God. Amen. Well, Brother Scotty, I tell you, I, you know, if I could think of something good God did, I, you know, I'd just, I'd be proud. Yeah, I feel a heartbeat. I'm here. He's forgiven me of my sins. He has publicly been humiliated, and yet he came, he came knowing his mission. I have something in every day, in every moment, in every second of life that I can be praising and worshiping God for, including the ability to get here this morning. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Wow. We're responding to God. We are touched by his presence, his love, his forgiveness, his grace, his power. We become hungry for him. We're eager to know him and to serve him. And this stirring in us is, is creative. It brings a response. I tell you what, when you think about the love of God, we start singing about it this morning. It's so beautiful. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and hear us sing. Praise, praise the Father. Praise the Son. And oh, praise the Spirit. Three in one. How many of you have received the infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life? Wave at me. Do you have something to praise him for today? That he is a river of living water that is flowing out of your life. Wow. Listen to this. Psalm 63, one and two says, oh God, you are my God. And I long for you. I long for you. My whole being desires you. Like a dry, worn out and waterless land, my soul is thirsty for you. Let me see you in the sanctuary. Let me see how mighty and glorious you are. That's the good news translation. In the message it says this, God, you're my God. I can't get enough of you. I've worked up such hunger and thirst for God, traveling across dry and weary deserts. See, we, we travel across some things. How many of you travel across some things during the week? How many of you travel across some things in your life? How many of you travel across some things this morning? We travel across some things in our life. And when we get here, corporately, there is something that happens in the atmosphere that we release collectively that helps us to refocus and regroup and reset ourselves from everything that we have walked through during that previous, those previous days and times. Oh, traveling across, listen, dry and weary deserts, 
So here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and your glory. I tell you, worship is pouring out our heart and soul passionately and intense and intensity with intensity and passion and focus. The deepest feelings of our hearts and minds in a biblical manner. Worship in spirit and in truth. That's what it means. It's a time of loving Jesus. It is, listen, it's a time of releasing feelings that cannot be put into words, but can only be expressed in worship. There are cries of your heart. There are depths of your being. There are places in you that are impossible to articulate, but can be released and expressed in the presence of our mighty God in worship. Things that you can't even say, but yet they're there and they come up and they're released. Glory be to God. God's sustaining presence helps keep you standing when you're tempted. God's sustaining presence helps keep you standing when you're tired. God's sustaining presence gives you the power to keep going when you are troubled. We already quoted Psalm 34.1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Listen, that is easy to say in here and it's easy to quote. But it's another thing when life hits you right between the eyes. To then say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Listen, it requires intentionality. And King David provides a powerful lesson in worshiping God in every season as he is intentional in his life. Listen to this. David walked through a very, very difficult time. And you know, you can walk through difficult times. They don't, it doesn't necessarily mean death, but it can be that. We've experienced it in our local church here uh, this week in our local body. Uh, I, had, I had a funeral Friday morning and then another funeral Saturday morning of people who are very precious, who have been very precious to this house for years. And it requires intentionality and focus. But I can tell you in both of these cases, the families of the people that went through this are so strong in God. They are so strong in their praise life. They are so strong in their worship life that they were a light, a witness, a voice for the goodness of God in the midst of it all. A testimony. Not only to our church. Yeah, go ahead and give God praise in this house. But in 2 Samuel chapter 12, it says this, Then on the seventh day it came to pass that the child had died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him and and, uh, he would not heed our voice. But how can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do some harm. Then David, when David saw that his servants were whispering, he perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said to his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is So David arose, this is so awesome. David arose from the ground. He washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. Now folks, that is intentionality. In the midst of whatever season, whatever the difficulty might be. He arose, he changed his clothes, and he went into the house. 
He went into the house of the Lord, and I had never seen, I've read this story so many times, but I had never noticed this particular aspect of it. He changed his clothes, he washed himself, and then he had to do something for himself, and that is this. He went into the house of the Lord and did what? He went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he went to his own house and when he had requested, they set food before him and he ate. This speaks so much to us. When you walk through a difficult season, when you walk through a time, whatever it might be that you're dealing with and everything doesn't come out like you think it's going to or like you want it to, we have a choice during those times. Are we going to let the darkness overwhelm us and take us and consume us and let the darkness become our world? Or are we going to get on our face and worship God and let the light overtake us? And let me tell you, there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world. There's a lot of negative stuff going on in the world. There's a lot of problems out in the world. But in the name of Jesus, I refuse to be consumed with the darkness. I am going to walk and we are going to walk in the light of the goodness of our God and the power of our God and the glory of our God. I will not be overtaken by the darkness. And one way that you make sure that your life does not become overwhelmed and overtaken by darkness, watch this, is to worship. You can't stay in darkness and worship. You can't stay in darkness and praise. It's got to go. It cannot abide. It cannot linger. And it cannot consume you. What are we being consumed with in our lives? What is consuming us, not just when we're here, but on a daily basis? What is it that I'm listening to and consuming and allowing to get me? Listen, I will not allow my life to be consumed by hate. I will allow my life to be under the influence. Wow, under the influence. (laughs) Of God's grace and love. In his mercy. Wow. Here's what it is. Worshiping during the hard seasons is our way of saying, I have faith in God. I may not understand all this. I may not get it all right now. And I may not be able to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. But I tell you this, when I worship God, even during a hard season, it's my way of saying, God, I have faith in you. Our faith is expressed in so many ways, but this is one of the most powerful ways. It is our way of saying, I have faith in God, and it expresses confidence that God is who he says he is, no matter what is going on around me. And I think that's a good place to give God five seconds of praise in this house. Come on, somebody, help me. God, you are good. God, you are good. God, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. David was saying, man, let me tell you, I don't understand everything that's going on in my life, but oh, I know this. I worshiped him out on the hillsides. I worshiped him when I was alone. I worshiped him when my family did not stand with me. 
I worshiped him when I was ignored. I worshiped him when I was put to the back of the line. I worshiped him when they laughed at me when I saw Goliath. Let me tell you, David was saying, I have learned the secret. I must worship my God. I must reset my life. I must reset my focus. I must keep him at the center of my life. I must worship him because it is the thing that has changed me, sustains me, and keeps me. Somebody say, through it all. Good word, Brother Scotty. Here's what I'm saying. David knew what he needed. David knew something. David was saying, I know what I need right now. And what I need right now is the presence of God that can be discovered only in worship that I can't get out in the world. And I love all of us. Listen, I'm just saying, folks, listen. If we listen to bad stuff after bad stuff after bad report day in and day out and all day long. The darkness starts to creep in and take over. We've got to reset our lives through worship and praise. And let me tell you, one of the things that I believe has been very subtle and gradual that the enemy has done is to come in and cause the church to step back from worship and praise in their corporate gatherings because he knows that if that happens, people will continually be consumed and there'll never be the opportunity to reset because if I can't do it in here, how am I going to do it out there? When I've got everybody around me There has to be an intentionality in the corporate body of Christ today to give ourselves to praise our God, to worship our God, to focus on our God. We cannot and will not. I declare in Jesus' name, devil, you are a liar. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but you will not kill, steal, and destroy the worship and praise in this house. Hallelujah. We need, I'm about to get it going. We need young people who know how to praise God. We need young people who know how to worship God. We need young people who are radical. We need people who will use their talents to bring glory to God, who will worship God, who will praise the Lord. We need young people who will go downtown on Friday night on Friday night downtown and be praising God in the streets while people are out there doing everything they do. My God, that's what we got to have. And it's got to be birthed in the church. The church is a birthing station where we are giving birth to those that God has called and anointed. And I'm telling you, and you might as well get ready for it. It's already happening. There's young people and of course, what, who, the age of young people is different for me now than it used to be. <laughs> that are being raised up. 
that have the hand of God on their lives. And you better get ready. We're going to release them as they pray over people. We're going to release them as they prophesy over people. We're going to release them as they lead us in praise and worship. We're going to stir up. The, we're going to raise up some Timothys. Glory be to God. Wow. And here's what happens. The spirit of discouragement, heaviness, depression, failure, and despair cannot live in the atmosphere of praise and worship. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Mm. I'm intentional about putting my garment on. That's why when you see me in here on Sunday during the worship service, I'm as close to the front as I can get. And I am focused on him. I am focused forward. I am setting my eyes on him. I'm not aware of a lot of things that are going on behind me. I tell you what, I'm focused on the one who's in front of me. I am focused to him who sits on the throne. The one who reigns, the one who rules, the one who has the answers for what I'm walking through and for wherever I am in my season of life, however I'm hurting, whatever I'm walking through, there is a God who wants to speak to you. There is a God who wants to minister to you. There is a God who wants to love you radically and beautifully and powerfully. And if you are in this house today and you are hurting as you worship him, you will have the same thing happen to you that David it did. You will rise up and go forward in Jesus name. And whatever you're walking through, I say to you today, there is victory on the other side of this. I said, there is victory on the other side of this. My Lord, there's a strong anointing over that wafer. Somebody get it. Somebody get it. Grab a hold of it. Worship, listen, worship brings the, the consciousness of the presence of God with all that accompanies it. What I've discovered in my own life is, yes, I do know by faith, God is with me all the time, 24-7, never stops. But there is something that happens when I begin to worship corporately or I begin to worship in my truck or I begin to worship in my office. There is something that happens that brings the awareness of the presence of God to the forefront of my mind, forefront of my heart, to the forefront. And, and as I worship him, it does not make God any bigger than he already is. It just simply brings to me the reality of how big my God already is and how good my God is and how powerful my God is. Hallelujah. It brings a consciousness of the presence of God with all that accompanies it. In fact, I want us to make a declaration this morning. I want you to say, in the name of Jesus, I will not give in to the darkness. The light of God's love will consume me. We discover God's love as we worship. I'm telling you, there's never been a time in my life, no matter what I was walking through, 
that if I began to worship God, never been a time in my life that I didn't experience the love of God and the grace of God and the goodness of God. So, not only that, but you know what? The lying voice of the enemy is silenced in an atmosphere of praise and worship. What am I saying? I'm saying we're going to pray so loud in here. I can't hear you, devil. We're going to worship so intently in here. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I'm sorry, but you're being drowned out. I'm praising my God. I'm lifting my voice inside of me. Something's rising up. Everybody say, I can't hear you, devil. I can't hear you condemnation. I can't hear you fear. I can't hear you lying spirits. In the name of Jesus, Lord, your voice is stronger than anything the enemy would try to bring against me because I am worshiping in your presence. Mm, Not only is it changing me, it's changing everything around me. Hallelujah. I receive it. Thank you, Father. I want everybody to say with me, prepare an altar. What by that, but what I mean by that is that there, are, there are ways that we build an altar. We build altars of worship, especially altars of worship and praise in our lives. And if you'll flip with me or look in your notes there online in 1 Kings chapter 18. Y'all getting something out of this this morning? How many of you believe in God for a mighty move of God in your life? Come on. How many of you believe in for a mighty move of God in this city? A mighty move of God in our nation? A mighty move of God in our state? A mighty move of God in your finances? A mighty move of God in your health? A mighty move of God in your family? In your sons and daughters? Then you need this word. In whatever you're facing. In uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, it says, Then Elijah said to the people, we're fixing to have a, basically what's fixing to happen is here. We're fixing to have a, 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 what do you call those ultimate fight? Those UFC, what, where people get near the ring and they go at each other. The ultimate, y'all don't know either. I don't, I don't. Anyway, where they get in there and they, they, they have a throwdown. They, boy, I'm in your face. I mean, I saw a news clip the other day and, and they were just announcing the match and they were fighting before they ever even... They were staring each other down. Elijah says, we're fixing to have a throwdown here. We're going to find out who God is. We're going to find out who's really God. We're fixing to bring it in the house. Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him. Watch this. And boy, this is an important scripture right here. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. I'm going to tell you, folks, listen. Altars of worship and praise in our life have a tendency to get broken down by the attacks, by the lies, by the dailiness of life, by everything that comes against us, by, by everything that we hear and see and experience and listen to and, and things that are going on in the world that upset us. I mean, I, I, literally, I literally had to stop listening to a story that was real prominent a lot long ago because I thought, God, if I was God today, I'm just being honest, they'd all be dead. (laughs) Thank God I'm not God. And thank God you're not God. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. 
How many of you, how many of you see and hear things that really can upset you big time? You know what I'm talking about. It's out there, brother, if you look for it close enough. And I thought, God, I'm going to have to back off of this. And I'm going to have to set my focus on you. I'm going to do what's right, but I'm going to focus on you. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. The altars in our lives break down. They deteriorate over time. We come in. And you know, man, 10 years ago, I've got a river of life flowing out through me. (laughs) Hey, I'm telling you what, I'm still young. Just get off of that stuff, man. Now, I'm dating myself, but let me tell you, I remember Chubby Checker. Come on, baby. My family's like, oh, God, no, please don't go there, Dad. Dancing is not my strong suit. Susan and I were out eating one night. You're going to remember this story, some of you. And, and we were just enjoying it, and she looked across the table at me, and she said, That's what I like about you. You really know how to dance. If you had told me I had won a billion dollars, I wouldn't have been any more shocked. I said, what? She said, that's what I like about you. You really know how to dance. I looked at her and I said, who are you talking to? She said, oh, 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 it's the song that's playing on the, that's what I like about you. You really know how to dance. Brother Larry, I ain't never known nothing in my life. Bill, I ain't never known nothing in my life but the Lot Road two-step. Glory to God. And a little bit of chubby checker. That's it. Come on, somebody. Amen. Yeah. And we come in here and not, you know, the thing is, and we're so, and I understand life is hard at times. Man, there are things that overwhelm you. People walk through a lot of things a lot harder than I have. But what I'm saying is this, regardless of what we're walking through, and we've got to be intentional about rebuilding the altars in our lives. Oh, that first love. When you didn't care about anything but just loving Jesus and, and worshiping Him and you were willing to spend time and drive hundreds of miles, hundreds of miles to a place where you heard God was doing something. Oh, that hunger. Altars are rebuilt as we are hungry for Him. We become hungry and thirsty for Him and it causes us to begin to rebuild the altars of our life. That life itself and the enemy begins to tear down. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. He takes 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord 
He made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seas of seed. He put the wood in order. He cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, fill the water pots with water. He does it three times. He says, do it a second time. Do it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. What, what is the point? One of the points that I'm trying to make here. Intentionality. Intentionality in worship. It has to be there in our lives if we're going to see God do what he wants to do. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. Be glor- in other words, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified. And that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell. Then the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Everything that was placed on the altar was consumed by the fire of the presence of God. You're going to need to meditate on that and ponder it a little while. Man. Life can break down the altar of the Lord in our lives. Elijah makes preparation because he knows, and here it is. I'm going to bring it. Get ready. Fire doesn't fall on empty altars. Where's the presence of God in our services? Why isn't God moving? The altars are in disrepair. And there's no preparation made with praise and worship. As we lay our stones, as we put the wood on the altar, as we lay ourselves on the altar of God and say, God, have your way in my life, O God of glory. I make preparation for the fire of God to fall as I give myself to him, as I offer my sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name. I want you to say with me this morning as a declaration of faith over this house, especially between now and the end of this year, no more empty altars. Fire doesn't fall on empty altars. What do I mean by that? Well, the fire is the demonstration of God's glory in our lives. I know it doesn't seem like it, but listen, folks. There are times when the only thing that's going to bring you the breakthrough that you need and that I need is when I begin to lay that thing in praise and worship before God and allow his fire to consume it. Lord, this sickness... I'm I'm laying it on the altar 
And I'm expecting the fire of God to consume it and it will not consume me anymore. I'm laying this hurt and this bitterness and this pain and this unforgiveness on the altar of God. I am cutting the wood. I am putting the stones on there. I am laying this on the altar and you better hear me. I'm not carrying it anymore. I won't carry this burden of hurt and pain and unforgiveness. I will not let the darkness consume me. I'm telling you when the fire of God falls, the light comes. And the darkness cannot abide it. It cannot abide it. It cannot abide the presence of God for what we lay on the altar. And I know some of you are probably thinking, what is the New Testament correlation to this? I'm glad you asked that. I'm going to close with this and we're going to worship for a few more minutes. Corporately as we make some declarations in this house. So please stay with us. I beseech you therefore, brethren, I beg you. He's saying, I beg you. You know this verse. These verses. I beg you. By the mercies of God. That you present your bodies. A living. Oh, that's quiet. A living. You know the, pro- you know the problem with putting a living sacrifice on the altar keeps trying to crawl off. Now, I know that from my own life. I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm telling you there are things that I've laid on the altar and then all of a sudden I realize I picked them back up again. Yeah, but Lord, they did that to me and I have every right to feel that way toward them. And don't you know what they did to me? And don't you know what they said about me? And don't you know how bad they hurt me? And don't you know how I was mistreated? And don't you know my life will never be the same? And I was traumatized by this and and, and all of that may be true. But if I'm going to give it to God, I've got to leave it there and let the fire of God fall and consume it. It's not mine to carry anymore. I I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. What's this? Holy, acceptable to God. And here's the thing. And I'm like, Paul, did you you really have to say this? He said, that's just reasonable. (laughs) You know, we... We laid to rest our precious sister Charlotte Scota yesterday, her body to rest. And uh, Charlotte was a, such, a, such a precious champion. And she'll always be precious to us. She's been a family friend for 43, almost 44 years now. And uh, served as our missionary to the Czech Republic. And, uh, you know, it's tra- been a tragic week in some ways. But I tell you, her life spoke so much. And, and Jesus is being glorified by news reports and by the community and people are getting saved and, and giving their heart to Jesus through it all. But I, I, I'm saying all that to say, you know, Paul said, this is just your reasonable service. Charlotte, I remember one time we were ministering over in, over in uh, Latvia and had the conference going on. And I was telling Charlotte, I was mully grubbing about something, you know, because we'd have some long conversations. And Charlotte looked at me and said, now, brother, <laughs> you know what the word says. I said, Charlotte, can't you just let me be carnal for a little while? (laughs) Folks, Paul says it's our reasonable service because watch this. God knows 
that the greatest freedom we'll ever experience is when we lay it down, let him have it, and let him take care of it, and quit trying to fix it all ourselves and carry stuff we're not supposed to carry. Which is your reasonable service. Until we place our life on the altar in worship, we cannot fully discover God's will for the matter. Until we lay it at his feet, until I lay it on the altar, I'll never find his perfect will for it because I'll be trying to do it and I'll be trying to get even and I'll be trying to, I did not tend to go this direction because somebody must need this. We'll be trying to let them know, don't be thinking I'm going to act nice towards you, buddy. And I want you to know. Don't be looking for no smile from me because I want you to feel bad. And it may be justified. It might be totally justified. But I'm telling you this, the freedom to live fully like God wants us to comes when we lay that thing on the altar and let the fire of God consume it. I cannot, I cannot fly to the heights and assume new levels as long as I'm carrying five suitcases, three trunks, and everything else that life has loaded down. I mean, I'm guarantee you one thing, you'll hit the runway and try to take off and it ain't gonna be pretty. Let go and let God. Let go and let God. When we place it on the altar and we fully discover God's will for us, and let me tell you, God's will is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's His will. From then on, our life no longer belongs to us. Now, here's a message you're not going to hear preached a whole lot anymore, but it's true. Believers, my life is not my own. Our life no longer belongs to us. We are not our own. When we worship, we find the reality again begins to stir in us that we are bought with a price. The precious blood of Jesus. Everything I have, everything I am, and everything I ever hope to be is totally dependent on Him. I surrender all to you, Lord. And I thank you that in that we discover, man, a freedom, a blessing, goodness, Things that we cannot get on our own are discovered as we worship Him in every season and as we build altars, repair altars, and lay it all on the altar. So here's what we're going to do. I'm asking you as a church, let's spend maybe another 10 minutes or so in worship. We'll just see what God wants to do. But the purpose of these sessions as we come back is to make a declaration publicly in this house that we are dedicated to the glory of God, 
to the worship of God, to honoring God, to keeping God first, and making sure that any altars that are in disrepair are repaired. But not only that, but that we're building new ones with our lives, with our worship, with our praise, with the gifts and the callings of God that are in this house. How many of you would like to experience an even greater glory of God, manifestation of God in your life? Wouldn't you like, I mean, I know I do. To where, just like it was here, the, 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 the rain, the, 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 the water that was poured out rather, was totally saturating that place in a dry and a thirsty land. Watch this. It was when the altar was built and the fire fell. It was not long after that until the declaration was made. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. The drought was over. And the rain clouds begin to saturate. And Elijah puts on his running shoes and says, Look out. I'm out of here because it's fixing to rain. I want you to declare in your life with your worship today, with your praise over these next few moments, whatever it is. Now, I'm coming to the altar. Y'all do what you want. I hear the sound of abundance of rain in my life. What do you get? Where do you need God to rain? R-A-I-N and R-E-I-G-N. Where do you need him to rain and rain in your life? Folks, I'm telling you, when we build altars, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear the sound of abundance of rain in your healing. I hear the sound of abundance of rain in your finances. I hear the sound of abundance of rain in your forgiveness. I hear the sound of abundance of rain in your sons and in your daughters, in your children and in your grandchildren. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I'm getting chill bumps. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear the sound of a mighty outpouring in this house. I hear a sound of abundance of rain as signs, wonders, and miracles and the supernatural are commonplace. Every time we get together in every place that you go, let's make a, let's make a declaration. Everybody say, I hear a sound. I hear, a sound. I hear, the, sound I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at life-church.org. 